What's Lent all about? If someone asks you that, what would you say? What is Lent all about? Dreary music? Dark, foreboding hymns? Dour faces? What's Lent all about? Discipline, maybe, you would say. Discipline. There's a good word. I would suggest to you tonight that Lent is about freedom. That Lent is a season to rediscover again the freedom for which Christ has set you free. But it's a freedom that the world doesn't always recognize because it is a freedom that is disciplined. And for most of us, when we hear those two words, freedom and discipline, we don't think, oh yeah, those two go right together. In most of our minds, when we hear freedom and discipline, we think total opposites, right? We think, that's an oxymoron, pastor. What are you talking about? A freedom that is disciplined. Freedom is, by definition, for so many of us, freedom from discipline. And yet, that's kind of a shallow thing if you scratch it, isn't it? If you scratch that notion that freedom means lack of discipline, it's like trying to dive into the shallow end of the pool. You hit your head pretty quickly on the bottom. Only think what happens if you have this view of freedom where there is no discipline. Suppose having a free mind, being a free thinker, means that you have no discipline to your thinking. What will quickly happen to that person? Without discipline, without training, The mind is quickly captive, isn't it? The undisciplined, the untrained mind is very easily programmed. The undisciplined mind is susceptible to every form of mass propaganda. The untrained mind is susceptible, and not just susceptible, but it is held captive by every wind and every wave of false, false teaching. And so people are blown through the world thinking they are totally free, but they're being driven by what? An algorithm, right? By whatever the most recent fad is, by whatever the most recent advertising campaign is that captures the mind. Or think of an undisciplined body. If our bodies are undisciplined, we might think on the surface that we're free. We're doing whatever feels good, and that's freedom, right? But it's pretty quick to see that that kind of freedom is really just slavery to the rumbling of the belly. Slavery to the rising of this appetite or the rising of that appetite. And that person who has an undisciplined body is really in captive, in captivity to their body. No, we need freedom that comes with discipline. We need freedom that comes with training, and Christ Jesus gives us that kind of a freedom, not just a formless freedom, but the freedom that comes through his word, a freedom that comes and trains your mind to think the thoughts of God after him, a freedom that comes to train your body so that you are not simply captive to every desire that springs up, but you actually are master of your own body. You can say no, that wonderful word, to those passions that arise. And that's what Lent puts before us, doesn't it? It puts before us that kind of disciplined freedom. Just think about those three disciplines that Jesus mentions in our gospel reading tonight. Giving, almsgiving, praying, and fasting. Those are the three traditional disciplines of Lent, and each of them in their own way is meant to give you freedom. Think of almsgiving. What does that set us free from? Well, it sets you free from the love of your money. 
Because money has this way of working, doesn't it? The more you keep it, the more it keeps you. The more you hold on to it, the more it holds on to you. And before you know it, you've turned from a human into a dragon. Remember the dragons in the great stories? How they store up and pile up their gold, and they're stuck on their hoard. And so Jesus says, give it away. Give it away so that you would be free from the hold of money. And praying, too, frees us in a way. But it's not obvious at first how praying frees us. But only think what would happen if you never prayed. If you thought that all of your life and all of your problems, some of which are very big and some of which are relatively small, but if you thought that all of those things were only yours to take care of, that it was all up to you, that you had to figure out every detail, that you had to supply the power and the energy to answer every one of those problems, pretty soon you would be captive, wouldn't you, to your own limitations. And so prayer comes in to set you free, to open you up to the one who is over all and above all and through all, to the one who actually knows more than you do. Can you believe that? That there is someone out there who knows more than you. And not only is there someone out there who knows more than you, but there's someone out there who can do more than you. This is what prayer does for you. It frees you from yourself. It frees you from the thought that you are the only person who can solve this problem or that problem. That you are the only one in the whole wide world who can do it. Prayer opens you up to the Almighty, to the Transcendent One, who alone is all-wise and all-powerful. And finally, fasting comes in, and Jesus says, not that you must fast, but he assumes it, doesn't he? When you fast, our Lord says. And fasting frees us from what? It frees us from the desires of the flesh. It frees us in this very simple way to rule over our own stomachs, to rule over our own mouths and our parched lips, to be able to actually say, I'm going to eat when I decide, not simply when the stomach rumbles. That freedom from your own passions is important to train. It's important to discipline yourself because if we can't say no to the rumbling of the stomach, do we really suppose that we'll be able to say no to the tempter? when he comes to us with bigger temptations. This is what the disciplines of Lent are all about. They are about training in freedom so that you would experience experience that freedom. But undergirding all of that is this even better freedom that Jesus hints at in our gospel reading tonight when he talks about his Father who sees you in secret. Jesus would have you be free of hypocrisy. And that sounds a little bit like, you know, too big of a word for a Wednesday night. So let me put it this way. He frees you, he frees you from pretending. You know what it is to pretend, don't you? You know what it is to put on a good face. You know what it is to mind your manners, to only do the things that you're supposed to do. You know what it is to pretend, to put on a front, because we do it all the time, don't we? We're afraid that if people saw us for who we really are, they might not like what, we, what they see. We're afraid that if people saw us how we really truly are, if we said out loud the thoughts that went through our minds, people might run out the door and say, I don't want to have anything to do with that guy. He's too weird. And so we 
put on a front. And in some cases, it's good, right? It's good manners. You shouldn't say everything that comes into your mind. But it gets askew, doesn't it? Because that putting on a front becomes the way that we think about everything. Jesus, in his day, spoke about the Pharisees as the hypocrites who went around saying, notice me, notice me, notice me, who wanted everyone to pay attention to them. And the same temptation comes to us in our day and age where there's a camera everywhere, where there's a microphone everywhere. People will post anything and everything trying to get people to hit like, trying to get people to hit share, trying to get people to notice me. But what if there was one who noticed you even when no one else paid attention? What if there was one who saw you even in secret? Jesus says there is one like that, that the God who rules over all things doesn't need you to raise your hand and shout at him and say, notice me, God, pay attention to me, but that God sees you just the way that you are and that he loves you. Here is the freedom of Lent, that God the Father, before you even were a thought in the mind of your parents, that God the Father has planned for your salvation, that before you could say, look at all the impressive things that I can do, notice me, God, pay attention to me, apart from any of that, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to show you his love so that you don't have to get God's attention, you don't have to stand on the corner and shout out to him with anything and say, notice me. For he sees you in secret, and he loves you. This is the true freedom of Lent, that the Lord God in heaven above is willing to be your father. And I don't just mean that when you're being a good boy or a good girl. I don't just mean that when, you know, you're putting on the good face. But that God the Father sees even in secret. When you would not want anyone else to see you, when you would not want anyone else to know you, God the Father sees you. And that's kind of scary at first until you remember that he sees you through his son, Jesus Christ. And so it is a totally freeing thing. Have you ever had that experience of being totally free? It's pretty rare in our world. Maybe the only way to get it is to go completely off by yourself in the middle of some forest where nobody can find you to be totally alone, to be in complete solitude. It's a great freeing thing to not have the phone ringing, to not have someone reaching out to you, to not have little hands saying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. It's a freeing thing. That is how we are to live every day before our Heavenly Father. Before your Father, you don't have to put up pretense. You don't have to play a part. You don't have to be a hypocrite. You don't have to stand up and say, notice me, God, for he sees you even in secret, and he loves you already there. Lent is about freedom, a freedom that is disciplined and a freedom that comes through the Son, Jesus Christ. So rejoice in that freedom. Stand fast in that liberty. Hold on to it and put it into practice. And to Christ be the glory, now and forever. Amen.